Hell no. Uh-uh. That ain't gonna fly. Facts, homie. Straight facts. I just want to keep it real. It's all I know. Fake news? Uh-uh. Why would you do that? Exactly where did you get that from? Nah, can't believe it. Man, you gotta come with some papers. You gots to show papers on that. This is it, man. This is the start. This is the start. Yeah, man, this is how it's gonna start. It, yes, man, real spiel. This is how it's gonna start. The show starts. Huh? Yes, man, the intro. Real spiel. Real spiel. Yes, real. Oh, man. March Madness is upon us, and I couldn't care less, quite honestly. Uh, I'm, I'm all for the bracketology and the, I guess, commotion it presents in the sporting landscape. But as for where my interests lie, NFL free agency started popping off this weekend, and that will hold way more weight for me as a fan than anything going on in college basketball. At the end of the day, the best players will be gone next year and playing on your favorite NBA team. So does it really matter? Ask yourself, does it really matter? No, it doesn't because you would have more luck picking a team to go to the final four based on the color of their Jersey than the makeup of their roster. Good luck with that. I'm going to choose to focus on what I know. And that damn sure isn't college basketball because I haven't watched a whole game all season, not even Florida State, and I paid them four years of tuition. Free agency in the NFL is heating up fast, and the negotiations between teams are fascinating to me, to say the least. Um, The gold standard, we all know, we all recognize, we can hate, hate, hate all we want, but the fact remains, the Patriot way is the only way regarding NFL free agency. They've been the best team knowing when to cut bait with good players and still roll out the W's and not just W's playoff appearances, championship appearances and rings. Only team I know that can let go of their best corner, best corner, pick up a guy off the street and still win a Super Bowl. That's got nothing to do with the player. That's all about the organization, the development of the player. And that's why when it comes to these free agent signings and teams letting guys go or players deciding to leave for more money, whatever the case is, for me, a player's success isn't dictated by his ability. It's dictated by the team who signs him. I trust the Patriots way more than I trust Chandler Jones. Way more than I trust Malcolm Butler. When a team that has a history of success as deep as the Patriots decide not to sign a player, I have to respect that team's decision and understand that there must be something going on with the player. They must know more than I do. They see him every day in practice, every day in the workout rooms. Whenever fans get upset with their favorite team for not re-signing a guy or choosing not to go after a particular big name free agent, like when a lot of teams fans were upset for not going after Darrell Revis when he wanted $16 million a year. Yeah, how'd that work out for Tampa Bay? Now ask yourself how it worked out for New England. Same player, same contract negotiation for the most part, but all in all, the outcome is much different. 
in terms of that player's performance and the team's performance. So when I see the Tampa Bay Buccaneers adding Deshaun Jackson, do I get excited? Do I pat the Buccaneers organization on the back and say, man, they're moving in the right direction, trying to get Jameis some weapons. They understood that they were lacking a receiver last year because he was targeting Mike way too much. They're going to contribute to his development, his growth, giving him offense. Great. I would love for all that to be the case, but the Buccaneers organization has shown a propensity for making terrible decisions ever since they decided to let Tony Dungy go. They haven't had a successful free agent signing. Hell, They've been hard-pressed to have a successful first-round draft pick that's been on their team. I mean, they drafted Aqib Tlaib in the first round, but he's only been a pro bowler, an all-pro for the Patriots and the Broncos. I mean, you could put Gerald McCoy in that fold if you want to, but nobody but Bucks fans thinks he's worth $100 million. Consider this little factoid. The Buccaneers drafted Doug Williams, Trent Dilfer, and Steve Young. Obviously, all in different drafts, but they were all with the organization at one point or another. Those three quarterbacks went on to win Super Bowls with three different organizations. Ask yourself why that is. It can't be mere coincidence that three players you drafted all go on to experience success and Super Bowls with three different teams. It's not like the Bucks got poached by some mad genius. Their GM gave up three QBs, one of which was a Hall of Fame caliber player, and the team didn't experience any benefit from them. But it's clear that different organizations operate differently. Otherwise, there'd be way more parity in the league. All the Super Bowls are in Pittsburgh, Dallas, and New England. There are a few shakeups in between there, like San Francisco. They've got five or so, but you, you know what I'm getting at. There are a few teams every year that you can count on being deep in the playoffs. And it's based mostly on the history of that organization and whether or not they have a healthy quarterback. That's 90% of it. Say what you will, but it's no secret. It's no gimmick. It's no trick what New England's doing. It's mastery. They plan this stuff out years in advance. The Patriots play this game so perfectly. It's not even fair, man. They take other teams' problems while unloading their own problems and salary. I mean, Chandler Jones was going to be nothing but a headache for the next three years, and he was going to want $16 million a year. Oh, yeah, we'll talk to New Orleans a little bit. You want Malcolm Butler for Brandon? Nah, 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 we're just going to give you a second rounder. Yeah, we're going to hold on to Malcolm because we want to keep Malcolm, and we also want to sign Stephon Gilmore from the Buffalo Bills because, yeah, we got a little cap room to play around with. Yeah, 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 we want to have the best secondary in the league. It's not enough that the Broncos are locking down everything in the AFC. Now you're going to have to go up against the Patriots. <laughs> like, it's ridiculous, man. And they get to add Brandon Cooks, a down-the-field threat. And they sign Dwayne Allen. I mean, watch, you're going to see Dwayne Allen have a Pro Bowl-level season. I guarantee it. He plugs and plays right into that offense. I remember seeing him at Clemson. He was a beast at Clemson. Great hands. Great athleticism. Indy never got full value out of him. The Patriots will, please believe, because Gronk has shown he gets afflicted, right? I love Gronk. He's probably my favorite. He's definitely my favorite tight end of all time. I mean, I judge players based solely on their prime. I don't look at longevity. I look at one game scenarios. So if you ask me a tight end I want for one game 
to catch a touchdown down the middle of the seam. Yeah, I, I want I want Gronk. That, that no one else. No, I do not want John Mackey. I respect John and everything he did for the league as well as the union, but I don't want any players from the black and white era. At least not pass catchers. I don't want Raymond Barry. I don't want Ditka. Give me Gronk or Gonzalez. Double G. It's my all-time tight end duo. Getting back to these pats, though, I'm not certain if I was a player taken in the first, second, or third round by the team that I'd be extremely happy about it. I mean, you know you're going to get your rookie contract value at first four years, whatever it is. I don't think any rookie can make over $22 million or something like that. But you know that when it comes time for your first free agent negotiation with the team, they're going to put you in a box. And nobody puts baby in a box. Like they're just going to find a way to milk you of whatever you think your worth is. Take Malcolm Butler, for instance. They signed this dude out of Popeyes. He was a Popeyes all-team selection. He was working the fryer later, got a call from his agent, and said, the Patriots want you in camp. He goes up there, experiences massive amounts of success, becomes a folk hero in Boston after getting that interception on the goal line against Seattle that sealed the deal for them in 2014. Not going to get into that. If I was a player and I was drafted by the Patriots, I'd be pretty pissed off because you're not going to see your full earning potential. Malcolm Butler, case in point, last year made $600,000. This year, the team tendered him, so he's set to make, I believe, $3.91 million in 2017. Imagine I'm Malcolm Butler. I negotiated with the team last year and they told me, will never pay a corner more than $10 million while offering me $8 million per year to be your number one. Imagine I'm me, right? I'm Malcolm. Next year, I come into camp. Y'all just signed Stephon Gilmore. Don't even tell me. I got to hear it from my agent. Stephon Gilmore is the new number one corner at $15 million per year. $40 million guaranteed. Damn, dog. I thought y'all liked me. Like, y'all got me out of Popeyes. I helped y'all win a Super Bowl. How come I couldn't get that deal? What, y'all don't think I'm as good as Stefan? Not only do you give Stefan my deal, you give him my position. Because now Gilmore is expected to be the number one corner. Damn, the Patriot way. Last thing I see on this topic is I'm happy for Martellus Bennett escaping the frozen tundra of Foxborough. Trading it in for that one down in Green Bay. Upgrading Hall of Fame quarterbacks. Good for him, man. But outside of the compelling NFL free agent moves, the fighting world brought us some news that everyone should be excited about. Especially me, because I've been predicting this would take place for the better part of the last four months. And people have been telling me I'm wrong. I'm crazy. And even if I'm not wrong, so what? Because Floyd will destroy McGregor. Whatever, man. Pick your sides. Pick your battles. I'm all for the noise. I'm all for the nonsense. And this fight is sheer madness. It's combining the best of both worlds. 
the tactical, strategic, beautiful art that is mixed martial with the rough and tumble, sweet science of boxing, straight hand to hand combat. It's a beautiful thing. I mean, anybody who's a fan of fighting should be in favor of this event taking place. Whether you're a fan of McGregor or Mayweather, UFC or boxing, they're bringing both. The haters, the lovers, the loyalists, it's all coming together for this pay-per-view. And that's why Floyd's even uttering Connor's name. Anybody want to take a wild guess how many pay-per-view buys Floyd's recent fight against Andre Berto did? You probably didn't even know it took place. But in 2015, Floyd's last fight sold less than 500,000 pay-per-view buys. And that's being generous. Final numbers weren't released. At least not that I could find. So the idea that Floyd is the only big draw in sports has long been discounted. McGregor is the new major draw in sports. Want to know how many pay-per-view buys his fight did against Eddie Alvarez? Well over 1 million. That super fight between him and Manny was an aberration. It did 4.6 million pay-per-view buys, 2 million more than any fight in recorded history. Why was that? Because there had been so much buildup, pomp and circumstance surrounding it. Floyd learned from that, but he had to honor his contract with HBO. So he decided to throw some garbage fight against the dude everybody knew he was going to wash for his 49 and 0. That's why the fight sold so low. It was coming off the Pacquiao layover. Everybody understood Floyd was just trying to get another check. He made 32 million disclosed for that fight. But according to Floyd, he only fights for nine figure purses. Give me a break, man. That sounds good on TV. But the fact remains, you can't sell a million pay-per-views without a UFC fighter. As hard a pill as I'm sure that is for Floyd to swallow, he's a smart man. And recently, he made statements that warranted mentioning on tonight's, what did you say? Did he really just say that? Why would you say that? Funny how? I mean, what's funny about it? <laughs> Tommy, no, you got it all wrong. Oh, oh, Anthony. He's a big boy. He knows what he said. What'd you say? No, no, I don't know. You said. Did you really? No. No. Ain't no way. For Conor McGregor, I'm coming out of retirement just to fight Conor McGregor. I don't want to hear no I don't want to hear no more excuses about the money, about the UFC. Sign a paper with the UFC so you can fight me in June. Simple and plain. Let's fight in June. You're the B side. I'm the A side. We're not here to cry about. We're not here to cry about money. I'm tired of all this crying about money and talking about you want to fight. You blow the smoke up everybody's ass. If you want to fight, sign the paperwork. Let's do it. Floyd was getting real loose with the lips there, talking about crying and whining over the B side versus the A side versus the money. Man, if I was Connor, I'd be like, boy, Floyd mentions my pockets a bit too much for my liking. If you got 850 million, why you worry about my purses in the UFC? Why, why are you worried about my pay-per-view back in? Why you keep mentioning what I have in comparison to you? Quit counting my money, you pocket watching midget.
as McGregor would probably say. Because if it wasn't for me, you wouldn't even be mentioned in the same breath as a million pay-per-view buys right now. You're 40 and afraid to fight any real contenders because you know that 50 and 0 would be in jeopardy. I believe you get your ass kicked saying something like that, man. Very likely, but facts is facts, and I'm on Sam. Well, I'm going to call it a night. Again, I appreciate everybody out there who took time to consider my thoughts on what's happening in the world of sports. NFL free agency, fighting, all of it. While delivering this podcast, I was able to watch a little of the Denver Nuggets and my favorite player, Jokic, still balling. Until next time, I'm Bryant Jones. Much love and keep listening. I try to be a righteous man. Talk to the Lord most every day. Sometimes this world can do me wrong. I keep to the past, won't go astray. When I start falling over, my feeling catch a flame. I be a man, say a man, but you won't be the same. If you ain't gonna do me right, I might just do you in. Ain't it a sin? Ain't it a sin? I try to find the strength inside. My emotions got the best of me I kick and scream just like a child I stop falling over, my feeling catch a flame I be a man, stay a man, but you won't be the same If you ain't gonna do me right I might just do you in Ain't it a sin? Just do you in?